Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi there, I'm Lauren McGoodwin with teammate Alia Kamalova. Welcome to The Females, a podcast from Career Contessa that delivers helpful, actionable career tips and advice for women so you can be more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. Have you been considering making the plunge into entrepreneurship? Or maybe you've already dipped your toe in the business pool and you'd like to avoid some mistakes, wouldn't we all? That's why we invited career entrepreneur Emma Isaacs to share her story and what she wishes she knew earlier. On today's episode, we'll be discussing two things. One, what exactly is a career entrepreneur? And two, the three mistakes every entrepreneur should avoid. And now this is The Females. Hi, Emma. Welcome to The Females. Hi, it's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me on. I'm just so excited to chat with you both and a big happy welcome to all your beautiful listeners as well. The fact that they're tuning into this podcast means they're already, I don't know, like 100% ahead of their competitors. (laughs) So that's great. So welcome. I know. I totally Mm -hmm. agree with that. It's like taking action by just spending that one hour a week, whether it's listening to the podcast, reading the book, anything makes all the difference. So I want to start with the audience learning a little bit more about your background with Business Chicks and your new book, Winging It. So can you share what Business Chicks is? I think even the business model, just because this is a more entrepreneurial episode and how you got started with the entrepreneurial endeavors. Yeah, for sure. So you can probably hear from my accent that I'm Australian originally. (laughs) I moved to Los Angeles in California five years ago now, so proudly Angelino now. But really my career story is that I went to college or university like most everybody and I lasted for all of six months. You know, it just really wasn't for me. I'm someone who likes to learn outside of the classroom and likes to find millions of mentors to, you know, learn from. And I like all the things you just mentioned before, books and courses and seminars and podcasts. So I really took a different path to education, if you like. But um, I started my first company when I was 18 years old. And that was a really foundational experience for me, obviously learning a ton about small business and entrepreneurship. After about seven years in that company, it was a staffing agency. You know, we'd put temporary and permanent staff into different uh, businesses at a different clients. Um, A friend invited me along to a business chicks event. And probably again, like most of your listeners, I thought that is the worst company name I have ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) And I I actually said, I'm not going to anything that calls themselves chicks. Like that's just terrible. (laughs) 
<laughs> and this this gorgeous friend of mine said, you need to get over yourself and you need to come along and you need to experience this thing. So in I walked to a room of about 200 women. It was like nothing else I'd ever seen before. You know, the music was playing. It was really beautifully produced. It was high energy. You know, people were happy to be there. It was very, very different to any other networking kind of community I had experienced before. So I fell in love with the concept. I encouraged all of my team to become members of the organisation. I found myself at the next event a couple of months later and it was there that I heard the business was for sale. So I ran up to the woman at the end and I said, I want to start talking and ended up buying the business. And that was 15 years ago now. So wow. <laughs> yeah, so you asked about the business model. When I, when I first bought the business, it was a pure play events uh, business model and anyone out there who works in events I mean I feel sorry for you (laughs) (laughs) especially this year (laughs) yeah (laughs) but but really um, even back 15 years ago I worked out that you know an events model on its own is not sustainable you know it's very very low margin it's very high intensity or high effort and very very low return so I started to interrogate the business model and work out how we could put some diversification into the way we made money so how that shows up these days we still have events you know pre-COVID we were producing about 110 live events um, with speakers like Sir Richard Branson, Ariana Huffington, Sarah Jessica Parker, um, Liz Gilbert, Brene Brown, Seth Godin, (laughs) a pretty amazing bill of talent over the last 15 years. So still live events we make money off of a subscription-based membership model so our members sign annual memberships. We have members who have been with us for 10, 12, 13 years and we're very grateful for their loyalty. We also run a digital business so we produce digital content online every day and we have a partnerships uh, revenue stream so brands attached to the company knowing that we have this huge audience of women to speak to. That's a bit about the, the, the business model. Yeah as I said it's been 15 years we've really saved our way through the pandemic this year. We've really innovated our way through the pandemic. We obviously had to pivot all of our offline events uh, into online products and that's been done really successfully. I feel we're producing about three online events every week and my team are absolutely exhausted um, from the effort. (laughs) But, um, you know, my my CEO in the business and I sat down at the start of the pandemic and said, who do we want to be and how do we want to show up, you know, when this is all said and done. So we really wanted to be there to support our membership and we've done that I think really well I hope so and we're certainly not making anywhere near as much money but we have been, <laughs> you know we've been in service and and but you're still around and you're still in business yeah <laughs> that's right that's right we're still standing so that's been it's been a great experience you know in a lot of ways it's taught me a bunch of lessons about getting back to who I am as an entrepreneur and and you know really getting scrappy again but it's, sorry I'm talking so much but that's a really big question you asked at the final <laughs> no, part I know of it. Beautiful it was, question. Well, it was, <laughs> my my next question is actually like transitions nicely, which is you often (laughs) refer to yourself as a career entrepreneur. So what exactly does that term or phrase mean? Yeah, yeah, right. Well, for me, it means that, you know, I've chosen entrepreneurship as my career. You know, I've never worked for anyone else. And the fact that I've never been reliant on a paycheck has caused me to you know, figure things out and to, I suppose, you know, really hustle as enthusiastically as I can and to try and come up with solutions and plans quicker than the next person. Because, you know, when you have to pay your rent or you have to pay your mortgage or you have to put food on the table, it really forces you into innovation and getting creative. So that's what it means. I mean, back when I started my first company 20 odd years ago, I mean, the term entrepreneur was not even 
we, I mean, no, no one knew how to spell it. <laughs> we weren't talking about it. <laughs> they still don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it certainly wasn't presented as a career choice, but these days, you know, you, you can go to, to, to study at college. You can study entrepreneurship. You can, you know, all of us can name 20 entrepreneurs that we look up to. So it's a viable career choice. And that's what I mean when I say I'm a career entrepreneur. I, I hope to, I think I'm actually unemployable. <laughs> you? I'm unemployable. They're like, I don't think she can work for other people. Well, yeah. I think it, it makes sense why your book is called Winging It too. <laughs> that, that title probably came pretty naturally to you. Tell us a little bit about the book. You own a business, you're successful, you're busy trying to pivot it during a pandemic. You have six kids, which that's a whole other topic. You know, what made you decide, let me add one more thing and write a book you know, <laughs> on winging it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think again, I, I hope that I have some unique lessons and valuable insights to share when it comes to taking the career path that I have, you know, certainly the way that I've been able to build my business is through this idea or this philosophy of winging it. And, and for me, it's, it's nothing new. We've all been doing it in various forms, you know, for a long time. And it's, um, you know, themes like saying yes and figuring the rest out later. It's themes like, trying to cultivate the confidence to go after, you know, whether it's your dream job or, you know, your dreams, whether that's starting a business or writing a novel or, or whatever that dream is. So, you know, I, I, I'm in a unique position of having worked alongside hundreds of thousands of women for these past 15 years. So I'm able to consult with them and hear what, you know, their challenges are and what their problems are. And the other uniqueness is that I work alongside these amazing business visionaries and entrepreneurs. So I can see how they've been able to build their businesses and build their careers. And when I started to sit down a few years ago and craft this book, a couple of really common themes started to emerge. And it is what I just mentioned before, these, these ideas about having the confidence to try new things. It's ideas about trying to um, you know, go forth without having the answers. It's, it's about progressing into the uncertainty. So that's where the idea of winging it came from. And you know, as I started to study these people and what made them successful, I realized that I'd kind of been <laughs> living this way as well for the past 20 years. So yeah, that's what winging it really means to me. Well, I love that you wrote a book about entrepreneurship, not after being an entrepreneur for a year. I feel like you, when you've been an entrepreneur for 15 plus years and you've built a business that has multiple revenue streams, and it's not like there's a lot of, I mean, there is a lot of bad business advice out there, but I think there's sometimes a lot of entrepreneurship books and trainings from people who maybe haven't done it for that long. And one thing I remember when I was launching Career Contessa, someone said, if you're not going to spend five years on it, don't spend five minutes on it. And I always remember that because especially in the world we live in today, you do expect things to happen a lot faster, or maybe we're all just incredibly impatient, which makes sense as well. And I would assume for you, entrepreneurship, I mean, I guess it's kind of your way of life now, but also you've been doing it for a long time. There is no overnight success. You're not, you're not selling quote unquote, selling a secret. Hey, this is how you can do it quickly. Cause that doesn't exist, right? It really doesn't. And I think it's hard to be an entrepreneur these days, right? I think we're expected to be amazing speakers. We're expected to be authors. We're expected to have, you know, personal brands and, and do all the things. You know, back when I started 20 years ago, there was no expectation of that. The expectation was that you ran a really solid business that turned out really solid profits. So I learned how to do that and I crafted that and I spent my time really, you know, trying to figure out those things. So yeah, 20 years in the game, I can tell you, I think I know a thing or two about building solid businesses um, and, 
yeah, the book was this with profits. What a crazy idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you know, it's, it is so funny. And I talk to a lot of people who are scaling these days or, or starting out in business. And it's a very, very different way of doing business. People want to get to the exit very, very quickly. And they do, as you say, Lauren, they don't have the patience to really stay the course and do the work. You know, the, the way I was taught to start a business and, and run a company was to focus on the bottom line always. You know, revenue is for vanity and profit is for sanity. So, really trying to look always at the numbers, never ever stick my head in the sand when it comes to our finances money and, and money, always checking my cash position every single day. And again, it's really what's fortified us these past 20 years and it's really built a fabulous infrastructure for growth. So I'm, yeah, I'm proud of that background. I'm happy to be an old. <laughs> old. <laughs> now that's the way to do it. I feel like we already got so many great tips, but Up next, after the break, Emma will share the three mistakes every entrepreneur should avoid. Hey, everybody. Gabby Reese here. Please join me for my show where we're going to be talking about all things self-care. And I don't mean just eating and exercise. I'm talking stress, marriage, relationships, parenting, business, transitions. How do we figure out a way to be our best selves each and every day? So whether you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen, please join me. If you'd like, rate, subscribe, and leave us a review. If you want to see some of the behind the scenes action, just follow me at Gabby Reese and Remember, don't miss new episodes every Monday. Hi, I'm Dr. Deepika Chopra. My passion, calling, and job is really all about blending together holistic practices with real evidence-based science to help people around the world cultivate more optimism, success, and resiliency. You won't want to miss this new podcast as you'll get to hear from elite athletes, recording artists, couples, and maybe even my toddler. So if you're into arming yourself with some new practical happiness tools, join me on Mondays for your morning optimism dose. Oh, and don't forget, things are looking up. All right, Emma. So the first mistake you listed is undervaluing your network, or as you say, your network equals your net worth. Let's talk about that. Yeah, right. So I've always believed that networking gets a bad rap. I mean, when you think of the word networking, you think about having to put on, you know, this suit and go into a battle and, and you know, have your armor and say all the right things and appear a certain way and appear more intelligent than you are. You know, people make the mistake in their career or in business of thinking networking is just when you need a new job or when you need more clients. You know, for me, networking has been a theme or a practice or a habit that I have tried to cultivate throughout my entire career. So anything I've built, I've built on the back of strong relationships. So I'm always trying to do more for other people than they're doing for me. I'm always trying to do favors for others. I'm always trying to look at ways that I can support someone else. And that might mean, you know, just checking in with an email, seeing how someone's doing and, and, and trying to cheerlead for them or be positive, or it might mean buying their products or supporting them on, on social media, but always trying to sit in a position of networking where you're trying to give value to other people. And once you start to give value and get known as a trusted and credible person who is willing to, again, have patience and and invest in their relationships, all that goodwill or that karma, it, it comes back to you. You know, it really does. When, when the pandemic hit, and I mentioned before, we had to take all of our events online. We simply didn't have the budgets to pay these celebrities and business leaders the sorts of budgets that we had, you know, pre-pandemic when we had live events, right? So 
I had to call in a ton of favors from these people. And because I'd been investing in them and investing in my relationships with them, every single one said, yep, absolutely. We'll help you out. We'll do this for you. So I just think it's you know a career tool that we all should be mindful of. And there's a couple of little ways to do that. You know, one of the dorky things I do every single day is I start my day by sending a thank you email. And that can be to anyone, right? It can be to one of my team members. It can be to a client. It can, in my case, it's a member. They're our main customer base. It can be to, I don't know, my mom or my dad, but, you know, just really trying to cultivate a habit that has you putting out positivity into the world and thanking people for what they mean, what they've done for you or what they mean to you. So that's a little habit that your listeners might want to pick up on. Yeah. We had an episode with um, an author. She wrote about gratitude letters and she would like physically read out letters. And she talks about the benefits of how focusing on thanking someone can actually be so good for you and your career. And I agree. I think the mistake people make all the time is they only network when they need something or they start to kind of make it obvious that they're gearing up to ask for something where, um, I'm also a big fan of like the seasonal network, just like no need to respond. So every new year's and usually after 4th of July, I'll send an email to a bunch of people, uniques, not like to all of them at once and just check in with them. And I think doing that and, and even just making it clear to them, like they don't have to respond it's so helpful. And it's like just creating that as a habit. I completely agree is important, whether, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, but I definitely think for entrepreneurs, it's networking is a huge piece. And yes, we need to brand it maybe as a better term, but we're not going to do that today. (laughs) (laughs) For another time. (laughs) All right. Your next mistake is to, well, is to make sure you don't look sideways. So what does this mean? And can you share an example or a story from your own career with this? Yeah, a mistake I see a lot of small business owners or entrepreneurs making is that they spend too much time analyzing their competition and worrying about what their competitors are doing, right? So I always say that any minute that you're looking sideways and trying to, you know, compare and despair against someone else's progress or their brand or whatever activity they're doing is a minute that is lost on you moving your own game forward. So I really always encourage any entrepreneurs that I'm speaking with to really, you know, kind of put the blinkers on and look forward and, you know, activate on your plan and activate on what makes you unique and stop worrying about all the noise outside of that. I guess the story, Aaliyah, you know, we started Business Chicks back 15 years ago now before, really before women's networks were a thing. You know, we, it wasn't as if we did anything completely genius. I certainly just stumbled into it and, and began, you know, commercializing community uh, 15 years ago. But as we've grown, there have been hundreds, if not thousands of other women's networks, um, you know, join the space. And, I, and I'm all about that. I'm all for it. I think anyone who is working to advance women and to educate women and to, you know, have us all profit and and do well is is amazing. So, but you know, I, I really people come to me and say, "Oh, have you seen what they're doing? They're copying you." And I say, I'm, "I don't, I don't mind. Like, I don't spend mm-hmm. a minute thinking about it. You know, <laughs> it honestly doesn't bother me. I know what we're up to. I know what our goals are. I know what our vision is. And it's my job to lead my team forth, right? And if I sit there and kind of, oh no, mm-hmm. <laughs> catastrophize about it, it just um, it doesn't help anyone. So I think that's a really big mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs should really take, you know, and learn from. Don't look sideways. We talk about that at Kirk and Tessa a lot because it will be like, oh, this thing is kind of similar. And then we always have this moment of like, we don't even have time to even think about that, you know? And even if they copy you, they can't copy your ability to think of ideas and be creative and 
the only way I feel like to kind of lose that too for yourselves is if you do start to look sideways and compare and look at what other people are doing, like it does take away the competitive advantage, which is your ability to brainstorm and think about Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and also like the uniqueness in your business is is you and, you know, you're yeah. the personalities of your team, right? And no one can copy that. I mean, we've had so many scenarios. I've been on websites where they've, you know, copy and pasted text onto them. Yep. And you just have to have a laugh. You just have to giggle and say, look, that, yeah. that's cool. They cannot copy us ultimately. They cannot <laughs> copy who we are and our values. And, and again, you look forward and you get on with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Even if they were to copy every single step, it's like they'll still be one step behind. Just yeah, trailing. that's right. Because you're getting right. all the ideas. Aaliyah is the voice of reason on our team. She'll be like, well, we can just think of a new one. And we're like, oh, okay, that's I'm right. I'm also the person that pitches a billion ideas and go, okay, we should do one of these. And we're like, okay, slow down. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so your third and final mistake that entrepreneurs make is they focus on being dramatic versus pragmatic. So I got to know, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it might be the Australian in me, but I've always been raised to be super calm and try and not be dramatic in every situation. Welcome to America. <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> like that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I know. I, know, but I, th- I think it follows, you know, a similar idea as the, the last mistake or the last question we, we raised. And that's if, if you're spending time not being productive, if you're spending time not being focused on what you need to get done, and if you're spending time dramatizing every single scenario or problem or challenge, that's time that you're wasting, not, not moving the game forward. Right. And there's a big difference between being dramatic and being passionate. Like I'm one of, I hope that I'm one of the most passionate people you'll ever meet. Like I'm so passionate. I'm a total business nerd. Like I love business. I apply myself to my business every single day. It teaches me so much. And I just, it's my, my one passion in life. Right. But that doesn't mean that I'm dramatic. So, you know, when I say be pragmatic and not dramatic, it just means, you know, not falling over every single time you know, a challenge happens, trying to pick yourself up quicker than the next person and trying to get on with the game. That's all it means to me. So I will say when I first started entrepreneurship, everything was also very dramatic. Like every little ding is big and you fall into the fetal position kind of thing. And the more times you get hit, the less those hits hurt. So I will also say if anybody's feeling like this is challenging to them, like hang in there because, you know, I used to joke, like anytime there was a, an issue, it was like the building was on fire. Now it's like the building's on fire and I'm going to calmly tell everyone to walk out because you just, you kind of <laughs> get used to running in that sphere. But I, I think to your point, it all comes back to when you're focusing on that, that means your focus is taken away from something else. And I think the hardest thing in running a business, but probably even just like in life is focus and, and how you're, you know, if it can come down to one skill, it's like learn how to focus and not get distracted. And and certainly as that book says, don't sweat the small stuff, which yeah. easier said than done. I get it. But I do think that's like an active exercise and practice that especially entrepreneurs have to do because something's going to happen and it's all going to happen in the same hour, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I agree. I think you've got to, you know, develop a, a thick skin and, you know, that resilience doesn't come overnight. It does come from the years of being knocked down and, and getting up again. So yeah, I, I agree. Anyone out there who's suffering, we've all been there. We'll all be there again. Just, just hang in there and yeah, stay the course. 
Well, thank you, Emma, for sharing three mistakes that entrepreneurs, both new and more seasoned, can avoid or should avoid. Everybody, don't forget that you can purchase Emma's new book. It's called Winging It, Stop Thinking and Start Doing right now online. And then we'll also include a link in the show notes. Emma, any other things you think our listeners should know regarding winging it, entrepreneurship, anything like that? Oh gosh, you know what? We're coming into the holidays. I just want to wish everyone a safe and happy holiday. And if you are burnt out and overwhelmed and exhausted from 2020, and I don't think there's anyone who's not. Yeah. Everyone raises their hand. Everyone's like, it's me, it's me, it's me. It's definitely me. I just want to encourage everyone to take a deep breath and take a break and try, enjoy it. Because what we've been through this year is, is extraordinarily challenging and, you know, we need to, we need to rest. We need to recuperate. So, and yeah, that's all I'd love to leave your listeners with. Yeah, I I completely agree. So maybe just for the holiday, you don't have to wing it. You can rest it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) You just listen to this episode and that's already that's already doing the work. So there you go. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Emma, so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Females. If you like what you heard and you'd love to support the show, please do so by leaving us a review. It's free. It doesn't even take very long. Apple Podcasts uses those reviews to then recommend our show to other people. Plus, we love hearing from you all. One thing every entrepreneur needs is confidence. In our newest online course, The Confidence Crunch, you'll learn how to strengthen your confidence muscle in just 21 days. The link to learn more about The Confidence Crunch is in the show notes. And a big thank you to Emma Isaacs for sharing her time and excellent advice around entrepreneurship today. Don't forget that you can pick up a copy of her new book. It's called Winging It, Stop Thinking and Start Doing. We included a link in the show notes to that as well.